0: Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a research firm and we track the corporate activity, financial performance and strategic positioning of the UK's leading technology companies. The core of our service really is company intelligence. We, uh, we, our research team at Megabyte speak to hundreds of companies every year to uh, an, analyze detailed financials uh, of those companies and detailed data around the transactions, corporate transactions of those companies to understand what that means for those companies and provide detailed written research for the benefit of our subscribers on those companies. The idea of this show every month is that I particularly look at the corporate activity aspects of the research that we do, looking at capital markets, M&A, private equity, and venture and growth capital, looking at deal activity, valuations, trends within all of that in terms of where the deal hotspots are, etc., and look at the key themes and try and extrapolate what that might mean for the outlook in terms of uh, corporate activity in the UK tech sector. Before I look at that in, uh, I go into that in some detail, I wanted just to highlight what another busy period it has been for the research team at Megabyte over the summer. Um, as I mentioned, our, our, um, our team talked to dozens of companies every month and analyzed dozens of transactions and over July and August uh, they have uh, spoken to over 100 companies and analyzed over 150 sets of results and corporate transactions. And companies they've spoken to include the likes of text Texthelp, Access Group, M247, Amberjack, Wireless Logic, Gamma, Acturis, Node4, Clarinet, Six Degrees, Pulsant, Sapphire Systems, Dext, Condeco, Twinkle, and FE Fund Info, to name just a few out of a hundred that they've looked at. Um, in addition to that, company intelligence, which, is, which as I say, is the core of what we do, uh, the, the guys have also produced our quarterly barometer reports at the end of July. Well, these are very detailed reports, one looking at the software sector, one looking at the ICT services sector, and the 50 or more, in fact, more than 50 uh, technology subsectors that we look at within uh, those areas, looking at corporate activity, uh, trading and valuations and trying to understand what the outlook for those is within those areas individual uh, technology sub-sectors. In addition, the team produced detailed thematic research and I'd particularly highlight research we've done over the summer on the IT VAR channel here in the UK and also the uh, the Google Cloud Partner Network in the UK, some interesting insights there. All of our uh, research is available to subscribers and uh, we have over 200 of those now across technology companies, uh, private equity investors and advisors. If you think this kind of um, detailed company analysis, company intelligence that we provide uh, will potentially be of use to you in your organization, we'd love to hear from you. Um, And uh, if you go to our website at megabyte.com, click the request a demo button, and our customer team will be very happy to tell you a little bit more about what we do and whether it may be, find out whether it might be useful to you. Over the next 20 minutes or so, as I say, I will look in detail at the corporate activity that's happened in the tech sector. We took a break in uh, August, so rather than looking at uh, one month, I'm going to be looking at two months this time, uh, July and August, and comparing that very much to what happened in July and August 2020. Um, And before I dive into the individual sections that we look at, I just want to spend a couple of minutes uh, looking at the, uh, the key takeaways this month. Uh, you may have heard the old stock market adage, sell in May and go away. This is the idea that share prices are often quite soggy over the summer months when people are on holiday. Um, that is often the case, to be fair. Uh, this summer, definitely not the case. And uh, share prices in the UK tech sector have been very strong over the summer, in particular in ICT services, where we've seen real, really strong share price performance, but it has also been strong within software. Uh, and indeed the UK tech sector has outperformed the US tech sector um, again over this period um, after a long period of underperformance. Deal flow has been very strong. We registered 179 deals across July and August uh, on our database this summer. Um, that's against 136 in the same period last year, uh, so strong growth. Almost all of that deal volume growth has been in M&A, and deal volumes in, uh, in, in um, pr- uh, private equity, venture and growth capital and capital markets have been relatively stable. Um, but some interesting trends therein. Within, within M&A, a couple of things driving that growth really. Well, three things really. Firstly, there was obviously a relatively subdued activity over last summer because of COVID. But but underneath that, what we've also seen this year and progressively over the last 12 months is an, a gradual and in persistent increase in the volume of bolt on MA deals as more and more companies look to use MA and to, a to, to augment their growth. Um, and quite significantly, specifically this summer, we've seen Uh, quite a significant number of larger software deals, and I'll talk through those, uh, some of those and the highlights of those later on in the show. Uh, In terms of other areas of the market, as I say, deal volumes have been relatively flat. Uh, One area is particularly interesting, the data really jumped out at me when I was looking at this in in preparation for the show this month, is within venture and growth capital, although deal volumes were relatively flat at about 50 uh, deals uh, during July and August, the value of of money raised in that area of the market has trebled year on year. Um, the clear uh, analysis there is that the, the, the average deal value, i.e. the number, the amount of money raised for each, each, uh, each fundraising within that uh, part of the market has trebled over that period. Um, and I'll go into the, uh, some of the detail and analyze some of the data behind that and help you understand why that's been the case and what the outlook is for that later on in the show. In terms of valuations, inevitably with share price um, performance in the capital markets I mentioned a minute ago, valuations have, have risen again, having been relatively stable in the post-COVID, higher than pre-COVID, but relatively stable in the spring. Uh, they seem to have started rising again in the capital markets, less so perhaps in private equity, but still very strong. And very significantly for me, the, uh, the average EV EBITDA multiple, current year EV EBITDA multiple for the quoted companies we track at Megabyte, UK quoted, is now over 20 times for the first time since the dot-com bubble. Uh, and that I think is really interesting and significant. So that's a quick canter through the key takeaways, the key highlights this month. I'll talk in the next section about what's been going on in the capital markets. So turning to look at uh, capital markets, both in terms of the share prices and also the corporate activity within, within that part of the market. And uh, as I said, a very strong period for share price performance, the megabyte universe index of about 100 UK listed tech stocks was up 14% um, over the summer, July and August. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, that took the valuation to over 20 times, in fact, nearly 21 times current year EV EBITDA. That's an average across all of those companies. Software was up about 7%. ICT services really driving the growth up 14%. Um, and you know, ICT services valuations now nearly 17 times EV EBITDA. Software Valuations rising again slightly to 24 times current year EV EBITDA, which again I think is sort of slightly brought the the average m- multiples in um, in uh, in capital markets back towards what we're seeing within within the the larger end of the private private equity world. The uh, for for context, the the FTSE 250, good proxy for the UK market, was up 8% over that period. Nasdaq was up 5%. So um, as I mentioned earlier, UK outperforming. Broadly, what would, you know, the, the NASDAQ as a proxy for the tech sector in the US. NASDAQ trading at 19 times currently at EV, EBITDA. Not really a direct comparison with the with the 21 times now in the UK tech sector because NASDAQ not, is not pure tech. But interesting to see that comparison nevertheless. The Bessemer Venture Partners Cloud Index. This is an index of, of, of some of the sexier, higher growth SaaS businesses in the US. Uh, that was up. Um, uh, 9% over the summer and the multiple there is 23 times sales on average so uh, you know that's the real kind of sexy end of the market and, uh, and interesting to see that performing continuing to perform well as well over the summer. In terms of corporate activity um, broadly flat year-on-year in terms of deal volumes uh, six transactions in, in, in the summer this year against uh, the same number last year with a roughly even, roughly uh, similar split between follow on offerings and initial public offerings not quite the same. The the theme that I brought out quite a lot uh, in in my shows in May and June was this idea that public companies in the UK are raising money to uh, to, to accelerate international expansion primarily through m and and we saw a lot of that in the early part of the year. That's continued over the summer, not just with M&A, but also organically. We saw um, uh, significant fundraisings from LTG, Learning Technologies Group, to, uh, to fund uh, part fund an acquisition in the U.S., and Essential in the digital media space, raising $153 million, partly for acquisitions already done, partly for a war chest going forward. But interestingly, also organically, essensis in the ICT services sector, raising 40 million for, um, to really push on, very aggressively push on organically with its international expansion strategy. So it's not just the M&A side of things we're seeing. IPOs continue, no blockbuster IPOs over the summer, none of the big digital ones that we've seen. Uh, Interestingly, interestingly, though, to see uh, the dark trade share price rocketing away following its um, slightly difficult uh, entry onto the market earlier in the year. So that's good to see uh, that business performing well, certainly the shares performing well. Um, in terms of IPOs, a couple of small ones to mention, not that small actually, Microlize in the Telematics space, very successful IPO this one, uh, business we've tracked for many years as a private company at Megabyte in, uh, and the market quite likes Telematics. You've got st- success stories with Cortex and others on the, on the capital markets, which is interesting. Um, and uh, 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 Microlize listed at 156 million market cap, raising 60 million of money, uh, 60 million of which about a third of that was new money. Uh, and the shares have romped away since it listed, and it's currently got a market cap of more like 250 million. So very successful so far on the market. And there's another smaller one um, potentially coming in the security services space, uh, which is a reverse takeover a company called SmartTech 247, about a 30, 35 million valuation. That's happening, through, going through diligence for the reverse takeover at the moment. Um, so that may or may not complete, probably I guess will complete next month or thereabouts. Um, the IPO outlook remains positive. We've, 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 we've heard in recent days that Made Tech in the digital services space, a bit of a panoply look-alike, is, uh, is coming to the market or potentially coming to the market um, in the next few weeks. So that'll be interesting to see that kind of digital services uh, space continuing to get more uh, companies on the stock market, which is great. The, 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 the big negative really, though, for the capital markets in the last few uh, weeks has been, and over the summer, has been uh, the emergence again of take-private, not just of troubled assets that we've seen previously with the likes of Proactus, um, but a vast being uh, taken over by Norton LifeLock. Uh, that 6.6 billion of market cap that's come off the London market in the tech sector, which is which is a shame. And possibly more significantly, although smaller, is Blue Prism, which is in uh, announced that it's in talks with Vista Equity Partners and others for a potential take-private. You know, that's a, re- that's a business that w- was an absolute darling of the London market. Uh, tr- go back to 2017, it was trading on 30 times revenue, share price was romping away, and it's kind of lost its way a little bit in the stock market um, and also some execution issues as well there. And uh, now trading on, I think, five or six times EV sales compared to UiPath, which listed in the US recently, trading on 30 times. So it's losing the investor battle there. So perhaps not surprising to see the take private uh, discussions happening with, with, with Blue Prism but a real shame uh, if that were to go off the market. Um, overall, I think positive for um, IPO outlook and positive valuation outlook, notwithstanding what I say pretty much every month about my concerns or about um, uh, the rise in inflation over the media term, medium term. I'm more concerned about that than I was uh, a few months ago, given what's been happening in, over the summer. But as long as, as long as interest rates stay low, I don't see any reason why there should be an issue with valuations. And they're obviously currently very strong. And looks set to be so for the rest of the year. So that's a quick hand through capital markets. I'll talk next about what's been happening in private equity. So moving on to talk a little bit more about what's been happening in the private equity world over the last couple of months, and it's been a, a another period of, of solid activity, uh, both in terms of secondary buyouts and management buyouts. We recorded a total of 10 deals um, on our database um, over the summer, July and August. Um, Half of those were management buyouts, half of those secondary buyouts, and uh, that was down slightly on the previous year, but overall activity remains pretty robust. Just, I think three deals. I want to uh, three or four deals. I want to talk about just to try and underline uh, for you uh, some of the hotspots that we're seeing in private equity at the moment but within the management buyouts. So just highlight it. It's not not the biggest deal we'll see. Uh, the management buyout of Anchoris, which is a data management consultancy around Google Cloud, uh, backed by Beechtree. Now, um, the reason I wanted to ch- chat about this quickly is because we we kind of got a view at Megabyte that actually there are an emerging group of these kind of businesses that are helping companies to understand, integrate, manage and get the best from the data. Uh, that they have in their organizations. And there's a, this is not something that the established consultancies are necessarily uh, doing as well some, as some of the specialists. And there's huge market demand for this, there seems to be. And we think there is going to be an emerging group of consultancies that could grow very rapidly over the next couple of years. And we are doing some work to try and identify those and, uh, and make subscribers aware of those. So, so watch this space for that. I think Anchoris is the first of many deals we'll see in that space over the coming two to three years. In the secondary buyouts, um, Condeco in uh, in the uh, in the um, office management space. I talked about Ascensis earlier, um, which is which is broadly involved in the same kind of part of the market. The, the macro driver here is. Uh, it is really around the move to flexible working and how that's driving uh, demand for um, solutions that help manage flexible working. One form or another, we see it in this case, talking about office um, um, availability and utilisation. We see it in things like human capital management and demand for next generation HCM systems to manage the people aspects of it. So that's the macro here. Uh, we think a 300 million transaction with Highland uh, uh, Partners exiting, Tom Abravo and JMI investi- investing at about eight times sales. So there's a lot of lot of uh, sort of interesting uh, um, macro drivers of this part of the market driving that transaction and be very inter- very interesting to see how condeco and indeed how census uh, fare in that part of the market over the few next few years in um, the ICT services sector um, very interesting transaction for pulsant which is a uh, becoming a little bit of a stalwart I guess of the of the um, the UK mid-market uh, kind of tech scene, and changed hands with uh, uh, with a 250 million uh, valuation with Antin Investing and Infrastructure Fund, and I think that's one of the interesting things about this is, um, and I recommend subscribers to take a look at um, Philip Kars' research on this deal and this part of the market, because it's fascinating what's going on at the moment. You've got quite a lot, quite a significant number of the kind of larger um, I, um, hosting and data center providers, mainly hosting providers, that are moving up the application stack and the services stack to try and offset some of the issues with commoditization uh, prompted by uh, the move to hyperscalers. Uh, and it seems like Polson's taking quite a different approach, and what they're trying to do, and, and the, I think, I guess, what this transaction's predicated on, hence Antin as an infrastructure investor, is much more facilitating um, edge computing and um, investing very heavily in infrastructure to enable that to happen. So, an interesting kind of um, di- divergence in strategy between some of those mid-market players, uh, which which will be interesting to see again how that um, how that plays out over the next coming over the next period. Lastly, just to talk about Ducco, this is data management and financial services. Uh, I talked a second ago about Anchoris and data management or data consultancies and the, the, the strong growth we're seeing there and the demand for businesses from investors in that part of the market. Just the same in data management software um, in the private equity world, except. Um, uh, with the Astorg deal, strong valuation, very strong business growing rapidly, auto-rec, uh, Gresham Computing listed, Gresham Technologies acquiring in that part of the market as well to push its enge- uh, agenda in data management as well, real-time data management. And so we're just seeing lots of, uh, lots of, of transactions and interest in data management, software I'll talk about the venture capital side of that with Contexter and others in a minute. So it's going on in the earlier stages as well. So it's a really strong uh, driver, big hotspot uh, uh, for for transactions and and growth as well. So I would describe the summer for private equity as as a solid uh, period. In terms of valuations, no real data points to suggest there's any big change from what we saw previously, unlike what I talked about in capital markets. Still 30 is the new 20 for EVE EBITDA. Uh, uh, multiples for uh, strong software companies and we are seeing those uh, ICT services multiples nudge up into the mid and in some cases high teams for very high quality businesses in that part of the market as well. So that's a quick counter through private equity and I will talk next about what's been happening in venture and growth capital. So venture and growth capital deals were um, broadly flat as, as I said earlier uh, in July and August compared to uh, last year in terms of deal numbers at 49 we registered on the database during uh, July and August this year compared to 50 in the same period. Last year the big story as I mentioned really though is the value of these transactions and we've seen a, a trebling of that um, a fundraise to just under two and a half billion uh, just in that two month period which is remarkable and there are kind of two key drivers of, of this sort of increase in the average uh, deal uh, value in, in venture and growth capital. The first is just a greater number of mega deals by mega deals you might use 100 million raise as 100 million sterling raise as as a proxy and to give you an idea we saw 600 million plus raises in july and august this year uh, compared to just one last year uh, so we saw zebs uh, formerly world Remit, hopin rapid soldo Revolut and Context are all raising um, over 100 million. Revolut raising nearly 600 million um, in its uh, in its Series E uh, ahead of a mooted IPO at some point, um, and just one big deal uh, of this sort of size, is TransferWise, now called Wise, obviously in uh, the summer last year. So, so that's one key driver of of what's of the, of the volume, uh, this this trebling of, of of deal volume, sorry, deal value. And the other one is just an underlying increase in the average size of deals across the smaller end of the market. And if I use Series A as an example, uh, in the the average Series A raise in July and August this year was 11 million, and that's nearly quadrupled the 3 million it was in July and August uh, last year. And what's what's really driving that similarly is uh, more, uh, obviously by definition, more large transactions there were four transactions, uh, Series A transactions, over 10 million this summer. Uh, uh, stacker on by money hub, Vault, um, and none um, in double-digit millions uh, in Series A last year. So, uh, so, so you know, and, you, and I use Series A as an example, but you could see that across all the different stages. So, uh, that is, uh, you know, those are the t- t- kind of two key drivers d- driving this remarkable uh, increase. And it's really worth reflecting on the vo- that that number, two and a half billion raise. Uh, That is more than, significantly more than is raised from capital markets um, and private equity put together over the summer. Uh, And it wasn't that long ago where venture and growth capital was really a very minor part of the fundraising scene in the UK. So this is a big, big change in the industry, a big, big change in the the dynamics. The key thing from an outlook perspective is what's going to happen next. Are we going to continue to see inflation in average deal uh, sizes? Or are we going to see? Uh, are we going to see a sta- uh, stabilisation, or could it decline slightly again? Have we seen a bit of a, a bubble, as it were, and might that bubble, if not burst, certainly deflate slightly? In terms of deal hotspots, from a peer group perspective, uh, you're very similar to what we've seen previously, and again, as I've mentioned a few times on the show today, uh, really aligned with the macro trends, the accelerated digital uh, transformation we're seeing in, in, the, in the broader economy. So. Fintech obviously continues to be a very big driver of fundraising. Um, within the earlier stage stuff, uh, it's, it's, there's this confluent, not earlier stage, but some, somewhat earlier. The confluence of data management and FinTech is very powerful, I'll talk about again about that in a second. But also, payments continues to be, continues to be obviously, a very substantial um, uh, consumer of capital. And what's interesting, and I'll talk about this a little bit in the next section, is that um, we're also seeing some good exits for some of these payments providers that have absorbed quite a lot of capital. And that, I think, will perpetuate the cycle of investment for the time being, at least. Uh, e-commerce enablement within business and consumer, um, is, is a big deal. So particularly in the earlier stage, some big Series A's on buy for example, was was in that part of the market, and also in in in, uh, in business to consumer hop in, and in the, the whole kind of collaboration uh, space. I think is, is is obviously another macro driver as a result of some of the changes around COVID. In enterprise software, you have got uh, you've got uh, again the building management kind of stuff we talked about, but also HCM uh, as, as as businesses. Um, look to uh, understand how to manage their workforce in a flexible way post-COVID. Um, next generation HCM software systems are getting a lot of attention from investors. And I, again, this, this data management, I talked a lot about in the last section. It's true invention venture and growth capital as well, uh, particularly, as I said, in the confluence of financial services and data management. Quantexa, uh, you know, one of the uh, 100 plus million raises I mentioned previously, and I've said several times, I think is one of the most exciting um, Early-stage businesses in the UK today. Uh, in for some raised 50 million in that part of the market. Peak raised 50 million in that part of the market. So lots of capital going into data management here as well. In terms of the outlook um, has to really be positive. Um, uh, you, you know, we, we're seeing uh, good exits for some of these private venture capital business-backed businesses. We're seeing uh, we're seeing good financial performance for, for the most part, and that I think will perpetuate in investor interest. As I said, just very interested to see where the average deal sizes go, whether they continue to grow or whether we're seeing, we'll we see something of a pullback in that, in that aspect of, of venture and growth capital. Um, so that's it for venture and growth capital. I'll talk last but definitely not least about what's been happening in MA. So compared to the relatively subdued uh, M&A activity uh, in the summer last year in the wake of the outbreak of COVID-19, uh, the pandemic this summer has been much more active and it's really a continuation of what we've seen in the, uh, in the preceding few months. We registered 116 m transactions on our database through July and August compared to 70 in the previous uh, period, the previous year period. And again, the balance of deals was roughly two-thirds software, one-third ICT services. I'll spend most of the time in this section talking about the software deals because they were the most significant and there was a a number of large ones I want to talk about. But there's a couple of very interesting uh, ICT services deals I wanted just to mention quickly. Uh, The first one is CanCom. Uh, Second big, uh, second big kind of infrastructure services transaction we've seen in recent months um, coming along from ANS's uh, investment by Inflexion Private Equity. That's a 350, 340 million exit where uh, Cancom, uh, German listed business, um, exited the UK business after a change of strategy following a change of management there. We thought that might go to a a private equity um, uh, buyer, uh, but actually ended up being acquired by Telefonica. So it's interesting to see that Telefonica is going to be, you know, really increased its uh, presence in that part of the market in the UK. Secondly, uh, Node 4 acquiring the NAV people TNP for what we think was about 95 million. now. Uh, this is a, another uh, sort of data point in the conversation I was having earlier in relation to talking about the Poulsen transaction. Uh, and I mentioned then that a number of the bigger mid-market hosting and co-location players are in contrast to what Poulsen's doing are going up the uh, the, the application stack and moving more into services to offset uh, some of the uh, commoditization of Uh, Of vanilla hosting around uh, as a result of um, uh, the the rise of AWS and the other hyperscalers, and this uh, transaction is a classic example of of that dynamic uh, with, with uh, TNP, the NAV people, is a Microsoft consultancy and um, is also very significant for Node 4 adding 8 million to its run rate of 25 million uh, EBITDA and it's, it's Node 4's uh, biggest acquisition to date. So significant for Node 4 but also very interesting in the context of that discussion around the next step for uh, some of the uh, uh, larger hosting co-location um, I- ICT services players here in the UK. In terms of software, really too much to mention everything by a long way, but there's a few areas I want to focus on. Within enterprise, continuing um, uh, very active from uh, a bolt-on perspective and access uh, being the leading company again in terms of numbers of deals over the summer for that. Probably the biggest thing really was Access's acquisition of Serverlec, which is kind of enterprise, but obviously Serverlec is in government and healthcare software, and I think that's a game changer not only for Access in its verticalization strategy, but also for the m and dynamic in uh, government and healthcare software, because uh, Access is going to want to accelerate. Is going to want to accelerate. Uh, its M&A program within that part of the market using Serverlec as that kind of core. So that's going to be fascinating to see, putting them even more head-to-head with Advanced, which already has a significant presence in government healthcare software. In payments, I, I promised to talk about um, some of the exits that we're going to perpetuate uh, for the time being, at least a very active uh, uh, venture and growth capital investment in payments. The main one I wanted just to mention was Visa acquiring Currency Cloud for 700 million um, um, or 20 times revenue, um, and that's a great exit. Visa was actually an investor in, in Currency Cloud, but alongside other independent investors, um, and that I think was a, a really interesting transaction to, to sort of continue the cycle of investment within payments. Government healthcare software, not just the servo deal, is interesting. Also worth mentioning, System C acquiring WellSky. System C, recently um, buyout, secondary buyout, um, backed by CVC. Not particularly acquisitive under its previous owner. Clearly going to be a lot more acquisitive uh, under its new owner. And that, yet again, underlines this idea that government healthcare software is going to be a a much more active area for for, uh, M&A than perhaps it has been um, in the last few months or couple of years. And last but definitely not least to talk, not least to talk about software and infrastructure, uh, security and infrastructure software. I mentioned earlier the massive transaction with Avast being acquired by Norton Lifelock. But there's also been a couple of other interesting transactions. Smoothwall uh, being acquired by FamilyZone for uh, what we think was, no, was a, a, a confirmed £75 million transaction. And interestingly, Sophos, which was obviously taken private off the main market um, um, a year or two ago, And uh, that's been quite a painful reorganization within Sophos um, that's been going on since that with quite a lot of right-sizing going on and redundancies, we understand, and and just a lot of change. Interesting that Sophos is now going on to um, back on the front foot and uh, completed three acquisitions over the summer, which I think is very interesting and and sort of suggests there'll be more to come um, in that regard. So really busy on m and I've only been here, had time to touch on some of it, and um, subscribers would be well advised, I think, to go and have a look at more of the data and detail of that to find out what's been going on with some of the key trends elsewhere within m um, and And that's it um, for uh, my uh, canter through what's been going on in uh, corporate activity and valuations in the UK tech sector during the summer. Before I go, I want just to mention uh, the CEO Summit. We've got the next two uh, sessions coming up next Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, this is a series of eight, uh, eight, eight uh, panel sessions, online panel sessions that are free to attend and um, for qualifying people, CXOs and qualifying investors and advisors in the sector. And the one on Tuesday I'm going to be moderating, which is around banking and insurance software. And the overall theme here is looking at post-COVID strategies. How are vendors, how are ICT services and software players um, um, readjusting their growth strategies uh, in light of what's happened over the last 18 months? Um, I'm moderating, as I say, the session on Tuesday around fintech. Uh, we've got the CEOs of Quantexa, which is going to be fascinating, co-founder and CEO of, of Quantexa, Boku, Actress, and, uh, and our um uh, our partner there, our sponsor for the session, Inflection, Private Equity, is going to be joining that panel. Wednesday, my uh, colleague, Philip Cass is going to be uh, looking at uh, IT consulting, uh, going to be moderating a session on IT consulting. Again, I talked about data consultancies, how how much growth and, and, and interest there is in that part of the market. We have one of the most interesting ones on our panel, Filament, and also uh, CEOs of version one and ANS group uh, in the more established, uh, larger end of the market, and uh, um, our um, representative from OCNC strategy consultants on the panel as well to talk about their experiences in this part of the market. So not to miss definitely those two sessions. If you haven't registered already, uh, please go ahead to the uh, dedicated website at CEO Summit at Megabyte and uh, and please register. And we look forward to hopefully welcoming you to those sessions. So that's it for this month. I will be back next month with a canter through and and an analysis and and, and summaries of what's been going on in corporate activity in the UK tech tech sector during September. Until then, thank you for listening and stay safe.